Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. Today we have a small taste, an appetizer, a short snippet of one of Jeremy's recent teachings covering the key point or key doctrine from that sermon. It's a short, easy to digest, and encouraging sample from a bigger lesson. We hope you enjoy Action. it. Now, so then we ask the question next in this series, you know, what must a person do to be saved? The first thing I want to say about this is that there's over 198 verses that say the only thing a person must do is believe or have faith, okay? 58 passages condition eternal salvation on faith alone, and 140 condition eternal salvation on belief alone, okay? When I say faith, in other words, faith and belief aren't really different things. Faith usually is functioning as a noun. Believe is a verb or sometimes a participle which can function like a verb or a noun, depending if it's preceded by an article, making it substantive. But at any rate, here are 58 verses that condition eternal salvation on faith alone. Here are 140 verses conditioning eternal salvation on belief alone. Why am I making this observation? For one simple reason. When you read gospel tracts or you ask people what does a person have to do to be saved, the normal answer you will get is not just faith, but faith plus something else. So, uh, while Glenn was teaching Sunday school, just for a few moments, <laughs> I took an aside, and I was like, okay, let's type in gospel track just into the internet, and let's just click on some of them and see what they say. This will be an interesting experiment. I just typed in gospel track into DuckDuckGo or something like that, and let's see what comes out of the, end of the other duck. Okay. So, um, here's one, the ABCs of salvation. Okay, now what do you have to do? What does it say 198 times that you have to do? Believe, okay. Here's one, admit you have sinned. Believe in Jesus and confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, is that what the Bible says? Obviously, it talks about confessing. Okay, but the question is, is that what's required to go to heaven, or is that something else? Okay, if it, is, if it is something that is required, in other words, you have to confess that Jesus is Lord, I want to tell you right now that there's 198 passages where they didn't tell them everything they needed to do, because they only said believe. And that would mean that Paul and Peter and James and others all gave a false gospel because they did not tell people they needed to not only believe, but also needed to confess Jesus as Lord. And if they didn't do that, they'd go to hell. Do you think that that is proper? That Peter, Paul, James, Jesus, and so forth gave a wrong gospel, didn't tell people everything they needed to do? Because if confession is a separate thing than believe, then they didn't tell them everything that they needed to do. Here's another one. Let's just click on this one. Jesus is the one way to heaven. I can, oh, this one's on Amazon. You can get it right off Amazon Prime. Okay. All right. Now, God, Jesus is the one way to heaven. Agree? Yeah, I agree with that. God is perfectly holy. Yes, I agree with that. Number two, we are all lost in sin. I agree with that. Who shall stand in his holy place? A holiness passage and one where we're sinful. Okay. Three, Jesus bridged the gap to offer you a new life. Yes. Okay, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Okay, good. I agree with all that, right? Next page on, on the back side of this track. If you want to go to heaven, Jesus is the only way. Does, only way. Does everybody agree with that? Yes. Okay, passage. John 3.16 says believe. Good. Uh, John 14.6, Jesus, the only way. Good. Then, Romans 10.9. If thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Okay, so this one says confess and believe. Okay, right? Nobody's saying it doesn't say that. I agree that that's what it says. But what does it mean in the context? In other words, what do the rest of the verses then go on to explain in Romans 10.10, 10.14 and 15, and 10.17? Because all those verses need to come into play because that's the context for understanding what confession is here in this passage. So is this the type of verse that we should use when we have 198 other passages that never mention confession once? Wouldn't we want to just go to this passage and find out, well, what is the confession about? Because I don't find it in another 198 passages. That should be the obvious question that we all ask. Why 198 times is it just faith or belief? But this one time, it says confess. Maybe the confession has to do with something else. It does, as it turns out. And it doesn't have to do with going to heaven. It does not. So, is this the true gospel? Is this what you should tell people? Because they've got two verses that just say faith. Well, one that says faith. They've got one that says faith and confess. If you're an unbeliever, are you going to be like, now wait, is it just faith or is it faith and confess? Which one is it? And they'd have a very good question. Let's look at another one just for fun. Here's the one with Ben Franklin's $100 bill. It's a fake one, so they say you can't use this. It says, uh, this bill may look, I don't know if I can read this. I could read it earlier. This bill may look real, but it's actually fake. It would, it would not be accepted by a bank. Let me just get down to the part <laughs> about if I can, oh, here we go, okay. There's, there's good news. God made a way for us to be forgiven without violating justice. God took on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Good. He lived the sinless life we couldn't and then offered himself on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. And all God's people said amen. Jesus took the wrath of the Father and then he came, he, uh, something from the dead, rose from the dead, showing the penalty fully paid. God commands you to, ready? Here's what you're supposed to do. Repent. Let's just count how many. Repent. Put your faith in, who's got count for me? Yeah, good. We got one. Repent. Two, put your faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Okay. Cry out to God. Confessing and forsaking your sins. Trust in what Jesus did to save you and not in your own deeds. God promises eternal life and a new heart that will uh, desire righteousness. Read your Bible daily and do what it says. How many things did you need in that verse to be saved? Seven, okay, seven or so things, okay? Now, question. How many Gospels are there? <laughs> Where do we learn that? Galatians 1, right? Paul said there's one Gospel, there's no other Gospel. I'm surprised that you are already departing from this Gospel that I preached to you. Which there is no other, he says, there's only one. Okay, how many things are people supposed to do to be saved? 198 times. Believe. But no, 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 you've got to repent. Okay, 
according to this person, you've got to cry out to God. You've got to confess. You've got to forsake your sins. Okay? You've got to um, read your Bible daily and obey what it says. Okay, the, these are like some of the top hits on gospel tracks. Okay? My point is just simply to show that it's hard to find one that's actually accurate. Here's one. This is called Reformed. They call this a Reformed tract. And I'll just read it because you can't get it big enough. I tried earlier. What do you have to do to be saved? Repent of your sins. Confess your sins to God. Turn away from all sin. Now, first of all, I'm just going to ask, did you do that when you became a believer? I mean, did you literally confess all your sins? I mean, could you even begin to even, I mean, what would that mean? I would still be here doing that. And I got saved in 1982. Okay? Um, did I turn from sin? Like, how would I know that I actually did that? That I turned away from all sin? Like, is that even a realistic thing to ask anybody? And is that what God told us to do in order to be saved? We turn away from sin. Or did he say, no, Jesus died for your sin? It says Jesus died for all, our, for all of our sin. Not that if I turn away from him, somehow that's going to contribute to my salvation. But that's not all. They also say, of course, believe, which is good. Okay. Turn to Christ. Cry out to God for mercy. Do we have to do that? That's the second time that one of these said cry out to God. Do we have to cry out to him like a begging type cry for him to actually save us? Or is it just what Paul said to the Philippian jailer? Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Is there anything there about crying out, turning away from all of your sins, confessing all your sins, repenting, promising to live a better life, or any of that? If there's not there, and it's supposed to be there, Paul didn't tell the Philippian jailer everything he needed to do to be saved. I think there's more here that you have to do. But anyway, we won't go into all that. There's just more and more and more. It's always more stuff that you have to do. Now, that's why this is so important. Because when you tell somebody, now let's just look at some verses. When you, but when you tell somebody, they say, what must I do to be saved? You want to be able to answer that question. It should be a simple answer, but apparently it's not a simple answer. Uh, because Thank you for joining us today on Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. If you found the lesson insightful, please consider subscribing below so that you don't miss any additional teachings from Jeremy. And if you're looking for additional resources or additional formats, links are in the description below. But above all, we want you to be encouraged and exhorted by the very Word of God. We hope that Jeremy is opening it up to you in a way that makes it even more understandable than what you've known in the past. So until next time, take care.